Well, in this age of the participation trophy, right, everybody seems to be getting an award. Well, independentvoting.org is doing very something, something very special, and that is rewarding good behavior, rewarding anti-corruption. And on the line with me right now is David Belmont. And David, am I right? This is about rewarding good behavior, the 19th annual anti-corruption awards through independentvoting.org. Uh, yeah. Um, first off, Alex, thanks very much for having me on your show. And um, yes, uh, well put. Um, there's, as I, many Americans feel, is just not enough good behavior in our political system and, our, and with our politicians and uh, the folks in our legislators and executive branches. And, um, and uh, so that's very concerning. And since good behavior is rare, we should reward it. I, I fully agree. Now, does this extend past politicians and into companies? Who do you guys reward at these events? That's a really, really good question. Um, we reward people in the political arena. Um, it's usually a combination of politicians, uh, grassroots activists, um, you know, and people who are and independents who are involved, who it runs the gamut. So, for instance, this year, um, we're award, the awards are going to Katie Fahey, a young woman who spearheaded the drive to uh, for a successful citizens' initiative that established an independent redistricting commission in Michigan, um, as well as Jane Cleave, who is the chair of the Nebraska Democratic Party. She opened up the presidential preference primary um, to all voters, including independents uh, in Nebraska, uh, and co-penned um, an op-ed piece with Kathy Stewart, who is Independent Voting's national organizer. Uh, the third uh, political figure, if you will, is Adrian Fontes, who is the Maricopa County Recorder. So he is the chief elections official of Maricopa County. That's Phoenix, Arizona. That's, I believe, the second or third largest county in the United States. And he is someone who is also about uh, allowing independents to vote in all rounds of voting. And we're also um, toasting the Eyes on 2020 cabinet, which are activists with independent voting from various states across the country who have been fighting to open up the presidential primaries in their state and engage local people, local media, and local politicians around that issue. All right, so independent voters, and I have to ask this because I am sort of conservative-leaning, are there conservatives that, that do work with independentvoting.org? That's a very good question, Alex. Actually, there is no litmus test. We have independents all across the uh, political spectrum. In fact, I feel the partnership is partisanship, excuse me, is so thick and heavy in America today that that left-right center uh, spectrum of politics has less and less meaning because we just don't have real conversations about policy, about values, about things that the American people really care about. So people who are concerned with this systemic disease, if you will, uh, are independent of the major parties and their views on uh, on what's traditionally considered political issues um, runs all across the gamut. And we all work together to build this movement to open up and democratize our process. 
All right, David, and and again, thank you for joining us today, talking with David Belmont. He's with IndependentVoting.org. Now, you are a researcher with them. Is, is that correct? Yes. I've done many things politically uh, in my career. I was around for the beginning of independent voting, which is 1994, and I've even worked with some of those activists longer than that. And my role now has been more to provide research, and I'm a, a trained statistician, so I will find polling numbers, interpret polling numbers, so and so forth, for materials that are on our website or articles that our president, uh, Jackie Salit, uh, writes. Now, you talk about primaries, and i got to be honest with you, I might be right-leaning conservative, however you want to say it, but I am concerned that the GOP primaries are being shut down in four states. Are you guys on top of that at all? Oh, most definitely, Alex. This is... This is what we need. The parties are so concerned about winning elections and protecting their incumbents that they do things like start to cancel primaries, right? Um, and both parties are guilty of this when they have an incumbent. Um, or they try to lock um, insurgent candidates out of primaries. And I think most importantly, that independent voters in many states are locked out of primaries. That's called a closed primary system. Um, and we are talking about 46% of the American electorate. Wow. Wow. And, and is that in the four states alone, or you mean nationwide? The 46 percent is the is a nationwide um, uh, polling figure, um, but the uh, those four states, um, and there may be more. <laughs> this is the time in the in the political calendar that the parties, the two big parties, Democrats and Republicans, um, the state parties make determinations of how they're going to do their presidential primaries and make up the rules of the game, if you will. And they hold their meetings in usually in September and October of the year before the year of the election. So that's right now. And and so I'm curious about the other side too. So you say the Democrats have done this. As well. So I guess my question now is how many every election cycle, how many states have tried to cancel a primary? Would you have a number on that? I don't have a firm number. It's always a handful. But this even happened um, in, I guess it was 2012 when it was the Obama re-election. Because um, there's also softer ways of doing this. You don't have to necessarily cancel the election. You can make it what is called a beauty contest, which means who people vote for doesn't matter. It's the party regulars and the party delegates who determine, um, the, you know, how many, what their delegation to the national convention, who they're going to support at that convention. Do you agree? Right? Do you agree with the bigger picture that we need the electoral college? Um, I, I, I personally, well, you know, it's funny, Alex. I'm of two minds about that, right? Um, uh, on one hand, I, 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 I see the point that having an electoral college in some ways violates a national one person, one vote. You know, it, 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 it tends to it, it, it violates that. And it also tends to have this um, this mania around the, the so-called battleground states where a voter, uh, say, in 2016 in Michigan had much more political power than a voter in, say, New York or California, where it was a far-gone conclusion that the Democrats were going to take that state, if you know what I mean. Sure. On the other hand, the Constitution, our founding fathers, they did that for a reason. 
Um, so I think it's a vibrant debate. What I would like to see is the American people to truly weigh in on this issue. <laughs> and how, how, how can we do that, do you think? Well, I favor, for instance, national initiative and referendum. Wow, that would and be a big deal. Have that, that would be a big deal. But I, I am a, a passionate supporter of popular or people's democracy, right? So I think that the American people should weigh in on everything from the rules of the game to what kind of health care system we want. And that's another debate, too. Healthcare is a is a raging debate. And, and I don't think the Democrats are getting it completely right on the debate stage so that, the, you know, it's it's just a mess overall. Yes. Yes. You know what it makes me think of, Alex, because we could. You know, I mean, I think ordinary people like you and I could have a discussion about, well, what's the level of the debate? Uh, our president, Jackie Salit, um, she has a regular column um, with uh, the Independent Voter Network, IVN News. Um, you can Google that. And uh, she has an op-ed where she speaks about this upcoming anti-corruption awards in the context of the current American political culture. Where, where, as we're discussing now, it's been pretty deadening and pretty partisan, but there are some cracks. There are some things that are beginning to happen to loosen that up and make it more inclusive and democratic. And in that context, she invites people to the anti-corruption awards, which will be taking place um, here in New York City, right? right. Um, you know, on um, Friday, October 25th running at 6 p.m. Uh, at, at a beautiful location called Home Studios that's at 873 Broadway in Manhattan. That's between 18th and 19th Streets in Suite um, 301. And I would like to invite everyone listening, you and all your listeners, um, to come to this event and see the, see the mix of people in the room who are concerned with our political process. Independence, the awardees who I uh, mentioned earlier in our conversation, um, it's quite an event. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's catered, and it's, you know, both a lot of fun and a very different kind of political and, event. And remind us how we can uh, register for this big event, this big award ceremony on uh, October 25th. Yes. Um, well, you, there's a specific page of our website um, that you can go to, uh, and then you know, bear with me. I have so many pieces of paper in front of sure, me. Yes. Sure. Um, so you can uh, uh, you go to support.independentvoting, or one word, .org. That's support.independentvoting.org, and you can purchase a ticket. Um, or if you're unable to attend, but you like the message, you can, you know, peruse the whole website and stuff. But if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, um, you could make a, a modest donation because we're entirely funded by individual Americans. We well, don't, there you go. We don't, no, we don't take lobby support and we don't take party support. And it sounds like you don't <laughs> lobby either, which is also a, a good thing. Yeah. No, we're not in a way. I, I, you know, a way I look at it is we lobby the American people. There we go. go to the American people and say, we want a more inclusive process. If you're with us, come build something with us in your locality, in your state. 
Um, and you can see on the independentvoting.org website, there are just a, a whole list of state chapters. We're very, very decentralized. And the people in their states and in their cities and in their communities, they determine what moves they want to make uh, to help improve our electoral system. Now, we have, I believe, here in New York still the Independence Party, but it's really mm-hmm. not, um, it, it's INDEP, ENDENC, not independent. And I think there's a difference there. Uh, yes. Now, many of us were members of the Independence Party. We had a hope that maybe the small party or the so called third party route would be an effective way to fight for more democracy. But an unfortunate thing we found, anyway, is that the small parties suffer from partisanship, too. Uh, and currently, the Independence Party of New York doesn't particularly fight for electoral reform. They just, you know, uh, basically sell their lines to whichever, uh, you know, the highest bidder, either Democrat or Republican, depending on the county and district. And, this, and that's been their behavior. And this is why mm-hmm. I've been following you guys, because independent is such a big difference in the way it's worded. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be part of the independent voters because. We have a collective voice that obviously isn't being heard right now. Exactly. Exactly. And we're a plurality of the country. And I'm, I mean, yes, yep. That's, that is shocking and shameful, I think, that, that we are so, that, that independent voters are really treated as second class citizens. Now, obviously, I, I would have to believe you were either Democrat or Republican at one point. Why did you change away from both parties? Well, that's very interesting. I, um, I, as a, I enrolled as a Democrat. I'm 67 years old. So the first election I could vote in was um, the George McGovern election. I was a, a Vietnam War protester, and I joined the Democratic Party. And I found that 1972 experience uh, personally and politically quite disappointing. Um, Because it was very clear, and it was written about at the time by no less a leading writer, Hunter S. Thompson in Rolling Stone magazine, that the local Democratic Party machinery uh, was not lifting a finger for George McGovern. They were kind of, they weren't interested in in helping him win the presidency. They were more interested in having the young people and the peaceniks join the Democratic Party. And once I saw that, I disenrolled right then and there, and I have been an independent ever since. So you're saying he was going to, uh, McGovern was, was, um, was he after Johnson? Sorry to sound a little naive here, but what, where was his role? Was he, was he taking on Johnson? Is that what was going to happen? He actually ran against Richard Nixon's re-election. Um, and in fact, the whole Watergate break-in and all the to-do and the dirty tricks and the slush fund and all that was the McGovern versus Nixon election, right? Um, so what was, of course, got the big press was that, you know, Nixon almost got impeached and eventually resigned. But the thing that uh, was, like I say, I found most disappointing and was most moving to me was that the party I had just joined, because I thought they were going to be against the war and in favor of a lot of things that I was in favor of, I saw that, in fact, even at that time, they were just, they were, they were more interested in the party, their partisan interests, than the American people. You know what's interesting? Speaking of wars, uh, you know, everybody's talking about the Iraq war to this day. Were you disappointed that Democrats were going along with that as well? You must have been. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
And that there was, you know, in some ways, Alex, to me, more importantly, there was no real dialogue about it. It was extremely knee-jerk, right? And, you know, um, uh, Americans, we love our country. So if you put things out a certain way, you're going to poll really high, at least for a minute. (laughs) You know, the Iraq war was polling 91%. Everybody you know, just votes for it. And then it took a few years and the onion peeled away and people began saying, what was this really all about? And now <laughs> today with Saudi Arabia, it's a little nerve wracking what's happening there. We oh, don't yeah. know if that, if that could be history repeating itself. We don't know. Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, I think we pay dearly for the lack of democracy, the lack of involvement at the, uh, of the, ordinary American people in the political dialogue and in the political decision-making. And, you know, I'm very hopeful that we'll be able to change that. It's a long haul, but we're, we're, we're meeting with some success. Uh, in fact, our national organizer, Kathy Stewart, is headed to Arizona tomorrow to be on a PBS special. Uh, the whole issue of opening up the Arizona primary, presidential preference election, they call it, sure. um, has now become... an issue that's being covered in all the local media. And you may remember that back in 2016, there were lines around the block in Phoenix for hours after the polls had closed. And the main reason was, you know, this was for the presidential uh, primary election uh, for both parties, um, you know, back then in 2016. Um, And a lot of the people on that line were independents who assumed that they could vote. And they couldn't. And and nobody really told them that they couldn't. That was the other issue about all of this. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, you got to read the small print. <laughs> and that's not fair. Like I I believe in opening up even primaries to the independents. That's that's one thing I'll always be fighting for because we deserve a say. To be shut out of a Republican or Democratic party because you're not enrolled in it is not American. Yeah, exactly. Um, and. As I'm sure you know, uh, political parties are not even mentioned in the U.S. Constitution. And George Washington, in his farewell address, famously warned against um, the corrosiveness of uh, the already developing political parties and uh, what he saw as, you know, the beginnings of partisanship. Now, I have to ask this. Is independent voting accept Trump supporters or people who voted for him as well? Oh, yeah. So so this is like, to me, what it sounds like is non-polarizing politics with the independent voters. Yes. Like I say, we... We, we, we walk the walk and walk the talk and talk the talk, all the different combinations. Um, we are about opening up the process, and to the extent that we can open it, we want all voices to be heard. We don't have litmus tests. I myself am a progressive. I just want to be in the conversation. Right. I'm not demanding that I have to win it. <laughs> right. Fact, well, And that's, I, there's a problem yeah. with that, too, that there are many out there on either side that think they have to win the debate, and that's where... We are getting so so 9-11, unfortunately, just passed on the remembrance of it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like to this day, no one wants to really prevent anything. We just debate how to how we think we should prevent it instead of really dealing with solutions to prevent terror, to prevent certain things. Many horrors. It's all a debate about the horror, not preventing it. Exactly. And Alex, I think, you know, that the the debate and. The 
classic is these televised debates now with the you know, Democratic presidential candidates. They're all about one candidate gaining advantage of another. They're simply about winning elections. Uh, there is not an honest engagement of issues by our leaders. And that's, as you point out uh, just a couple of minutes ago, that's a pretty dangerous situation to be in. And and not even at the leadership or the demo or the debate the debate level. I mean, you and I, one another, each other. We can't. We don't talk to each other anymore. We scream on Facebook at each other, and it's like, how's that accomplishing anything? I feel you, but I think that that's hand in glove with the kind of partisan electoral system that we have, right? Um, and so it's a thorny issue. You know what I'm saying? Because you're right. We begin to engage in the kinds of adversarial conversations that look very much like what our leaders do, because, in fact, that is put forth as what a political conversation is supposed to be. Um, But I don't think that that's so good. (laughs) No. Now, we're going to get to this conference call tonight because there is one in about, wow, about a couple hours from now. So I got to post this podcast pretty quickly. But but even so. Before we get to that conference call, I do want to ask David, you know, I I think when I first saw the anti-corruptions award, I was like, wow, we have to reward good behavior. And that's kind of sad to me because everybody should be on their best behavior. But as we see, nobody really is in politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Very good point. Um, And. You know, we've been doing this for 19 years, but this situation has been growing for decades. Um, The situation that we're addressing by calling it an anti-corruption award. And do you you really think, though, that that those awards could change the conversation across a spectrum where maybe people will get the message to be a little more ethical in their dealings uh, day to day? Yes, I actually am hopeful um, uh, and... It's uh, it's just a long road to hoe, and the parties are very rich and they're very powerful and they're very uh, interested in in parties. <laughs> um, that said, I think I think that's why the numbers of independents who self-identify as such in these polls uh, has been increasingly dramatically in recent years. I think people are saying, I am not interested in this anymore. I want a different kind of conversation. And I think at, at various local levels, this is, this is starting. And we're beginning to get somewhere, and we're beginning to get somewhere chipping away at the, uh, at the closed houses, if you will. Sure. Um, and, you know, and I think if we continue, if more and more people get involved in their areas, which is why I invite everybody to go to independentvoting.org, really check us out. There's lots of good information and contact, uh, you know, chapters to contact and so forth uh, on that website. Um, and, you know, like a different kind of political read because we're not shouting at one side or shouting on another side. And that's the most important thing. Now, I've got to ask because obviously one of the most prolific independents passed away this year, Ross Perot. Did you get any yeah. interaction with him, or were you able to talk with him over his years trying to run for president? Oh, yes. Many of the activists in independentvoting.org were involved in his campaigns. Um, and we were among the people who formed the Reform Party. That was one of our attempts to see if third-party politics were an avenue toward democratizing America. Uh, and the Reform Party kind of, um, you know, uh, if you will, self-destructed with a lot of infighting when Pat Buchanan took the party over. Um, 
in, now I got to remember the year. I guess that was like 2000. Yeah. Oh, and I happen to be part of the newer New York State Reform Party just up until last year, and then that whole thing changed up a bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there, there seems to always be an arm for independence, and that arm just has to keep growing. So it's, uh, I, I guess I want to know if you were going to honor him also at the awards dinner that night or make a memory a moment of silence for him or a memory. Oh, that's, for... that's such a good idea. I don't know, but I'll, uh, I'll run that one up the pole. That's a great idea, Alex. So, so there you have it. Maybe I just added to the award ceremony. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, let's talk really quickly about this press, this uh, conference call tonight. It is at 8 p.m. You can call in pretty much from anywhere, 605-313-5156. As the battle for the White House heats up, independents ask, what can we do about the mess we're in? David, you're going to be on that call, I'm guessing? Yes. Although Jackie Saylor does those calls, these calls about every six weeks or so, and um, somewhere between two and 300 independents from across the country um, listen to her briefing. Uh, they've submitted questions in advance for her, um, and the calls run about a half hour, 45 minutes. And yes, it is tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. You're right, the phone number is 605-313-5156, and then you'll be prompted for a passcode. Which and is that pass, 76? You have it there? I do. 767775. Pound, uh, the pound key. So seven six seven 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 five pound key. Correct. And then you will be among, and you'll be able to listen. And um, uh, they're 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 quite informative. And as I say, this you know, given that we're you know have been uh, engaged in trying to open up the political. Uh, the excuse me, the presidential primary elections and the decisions are being made in the next four weeks or so at various state levels. Uh, there's you know this news of us breaking through in a few states, and Jackie will be sharing that uh, on the call tonight. Well, be very exciting. I will plan to jump on that. I'll be in commute from work, but we will. Uh, is there a way I can hear it if if you do miss it tonight? Yes. What you can do um, is. Um, you can go to the website. We, 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 the, the call is taped, right? And then the, the, uh, you can go to the website, contact us, and say you would like a tape of a given conference call, and we will email you the link. Sounds great. David Belmont, thanks so much for joining us tonight. And uh, be safe out there. Enjoy your Monday, and God bless you. Thank you so much, Alex. I hope to see you and some of your listeners uh Coming out to the Anti-Corruption Awards next month. That Very would good. be really good. That will be great. So we'll, we'll work on that. Dave Belmont is my guest. Keep it real with Alexander Garrett. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. David, thank you so much. This 